Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I have 4,750 unread emails in the inbox of my work account. The subjects of only 100 conversations will appear on any given page, try as I might on days that I receive more than 200 messages, I inevitably miss the overflow. Nonetheless, they wake me up with a start at all hours. They multiply day and night. Email is not my idea of talking. Email, Facebook, blogs, texting, tweeting, to each its own place in the new pantheon of communication. But I'm worried, I'm really worried, that somewhere along the way we are forgetting how to talk to each other. Here's David Dudley, editor of Urbanite magazine in Baltimore. On a recent sparkling Sunday afternoon, I found myself in our local park, sitting on a blanket with my five-year-old daughter, consumed by an email that appeared on my brand new iPhone. My daughter chattered on about peanut butter and birds and how to sing, this land is your land, while I tapped out my reply. Hitting send, I blinked up to see all the other silently staring parents slumped on benches or standing around, buried in the screens of their own smartphones. The kids ignored them. They ignored the kids. There are some of you who will argue the benefits of anything that prevents North American parents from hovering around their kids like helicopters. Okay. But whatever happened to friendliness or conversation? Daniel Maneker, crusader for traditional face-to-face conversation and author of A Good Talk, The story and skill of conversation writes, not to be apocalyptic, but I'm very worried. Me too. I think of political commentator Walter Lippmann's prescient words written in 1914, we have changed our environment more quickly than we know how to change ourselves. And I would actually sign on to Daniel Maneker's declaration of a cultural crisis. 
David Dudley calls it as he sees it, a nation of hyper-connected hermits, thumbs furiously working our blackberries, each of us a master of an ever smaller personal universe. Let me be quick to say I am talking about degrees. Our newest ways to communicate, as the old Bell Telephone ads used to say, to reach out and touch someone, have their place in the sainted pantheon of nonverbal remedies for the age-old, you never call me, lament. They can cut through isolation and loneliness in an uplifting and healing way. But I am concerned with their underbelly, the ways technology further isolates us and makes us more lonely. And I know that technology is not to blame. It's a symptom, not the cause. To find cause, we can start by examining one of the roots of our addictive love affair with virtual communication, a fever pitch obsession with work, the ways in which always-on connectivity floods our days and nights with all urgent demands. A significant amount of what passes for conversation in this society feels so utilitarian, so results-oriented. I often think of the time I spent in Peru where no one would dream of engaging in business before an involved series of exchanges about the health and well-being of everyone in the other person's extended family, whether or not you have ever met these people. My favorite in translation now was always along these lines, and how is your father? Oh, your father's dead. I'm terribly sorry. Well, how is your mother then? How is she getting along without him? Oh, I see. It's been 25 years. <laughs> Still, it took no getting used to. And if it sounds like a big waste of time, it's not. When you've acquired, inquired about the health of someone's grandmother and attended to the litany of her challenges, you feel different about the person with whom you're speaking. You feel connected. Authentic connection is the stuff of relationships. By contrast, writes David Dudley, the closest things to conversation I've had recently were threads of comments on Facebook posts, intermittent volleys of confession, gossip, and one-liners from my socially networked friends online, and he puts friends in quotation marks. Note that the improbable mix of personalities on anyone's Facebook page has never shared real-life space. In their book, The Lonely American, Drifting Apart in the 21st Century, psychiatrists Jacqueline Olds and Richard S. Schwartz speak of the paradox of our isolation in the midst of connectivity, 
both our mobile society and technology widens and weakens our connections with other people. Dr. Schwartz sometimes finds himself having to explain to potential clients why therapy sessions are best conducted in person. They ask, can't we do this over the phone? As if that were already a little too intimate. Moreover, writes Daniel Meneker, there's a bleed from the internet into ordinary conversation. People seem to feel freer now in person to engage in the kind of rant and denunciation we run across in anonymous postings online. Another word for that behavior is incivility or just plain rudeness. There's a reason that the words human and humane are etymologically linked. Manners, the exercise of civility, is the stuff of civilization. Let's reflect together on some alternatives to all this bad behavior, shall we? Daniel Maneker places the golden age of conversation in the pre-industrial era among the salons and coffee houses of 18th century Europe and credits talk back then with helping to weld together a civil society. But here is reformer John Dewey by the end of the 19th century and I find it Oddly comforting that our current morass is not a new phenomenon. The great society created by steam and electricity may be a society, but it is no community, he writes. The invasion of the community by the new and relatively impersonal and mechanical modes of combined human behavior is the outstanding fact of modern life. Mary Parker Follett, an early management guru, responded to this invasion by seeking to make community centers into institutions for overcoming civic apathy, furthering mutual understanding among groups, and creating a local framework for the integration of churches, trade associations, lodges, and youth groups. The face-to-face -face communication that started at the level of the community center, she reasoned, would remain the surest way of creating solidarity. Talking, real talking, is important. And at least as important as talking is listening. I enjoy exactly one small victory for real talking and listening. If my daughters, now in their 20s and 30s, had their way, they would do everything, really virtually everything, with some version of an MP3 player, a smartphone, a computer, and a TV, all in hand or at hand, turned on and turned up all at once. But I am not impressed with their capacity to multitask. Do not ask me about their grades. <laughs> and so those toys are banned from the dinner table.
which is my small victory of claiming digital harassment-free territory. I'm the mother, and I said so. <laughs> Actually, they don't complain about it. And maybe in some small way, it's a relief for them too, a kind of haven. It's the only regular time we make to talk uninterrupted, except by each other. It's a start, and I commend it to you, hewing or blasting out even a little time and space to pay attention. Find our hearts, open our ears, and lift our voices, and really talk, really sing play instruments, dance, make art, paint the children's faces and make a parade or a protest march, garden and cook and picnic, or in some way make something beautiful together in the public square. Celebrate the gifts of our common wealth. And I would be remiss if I omitted making the case for coming to church. Podcasts notwithstanding, there is no substitute for being together. As he lit our chalice this morning, George Whitehouse read Reverend Kenneth Patton's beautiful words, we arrive out of many singular rooms. We come to be assured that brothers and sisters and cousins surround us to restore their images on our eyes. It is good to be with one another. Here we come to see and be seen, to know and be known. There is no substitute for taking one another's hands at the close of the service as we go forth into the new week. Social bonds, writes Professor of Public Policy Robert D. Butnam, social bonds are the most powerful predictor of life satisfaction. Regular attendance at church, he says, is the equivalent of doubling your income. And you never know what good might come of it. I think of this news story from late 1997. At the time, John Lambert, a 64-year-old retiree from the staff of the University of Michigan Hospital, and Andy Bakshma, a 33-year-old accountant, knew each other only through the bowling league at Ipsy Arbor Lanes in Ypsilanti, Michigan. John had been on the waiting list for a kidney transplant for three years when Andy approached him and offered him one of his. When we were in the hospital, John says, Andy said to me, John, I really like you, and I have a lot of respect for you. I wouldn't hesitate to do this all over again. Andy adds, obviously, I feel a kinship with John. I cared about him before, but now I'm really rooting for him. 
The photograph that accompanied this news story revealed that in addition to the differences in their professions and generations, John Lambert is black and Annie Boxma is white. That they had bowled together made all the difference. My spiritual companions, we are immersed in the promises of communication and connectedness through technology, but those promises come at a very high price. May we look deeply into our lives and seek to redress the balance of the time we spend with one another, virtual time and real time. Time at the keyboard and time looking into one another's faces and joining hands. I want for us not isolation and loneliness, but beloved community and the warmth of the human touch. Let the spiritual healing of these great social ills begin here with us. Now please don't email me your best and brightest thoughts on this topic. <laughs> Let's talk. Amen. <laughs>